That's the most bizarre thing, but there's just like a card of walls and had your name. A card of walls? A wall of cards. <laughs> Cards of walls and I don't know. Hey guys, you're listening to season one, episode four of Backstage with Nearly York, our brand new podcast series. I'm your host and front man of the band, Lucas Gino. For each episode of this podcast, the guys and I are going to be going into detail about our music, the stories behind each song, lyrical interpretation, the evolution of our live performances, and more. This season, we will be focusing on our debut 11-song album, Time Alone, which we released on June 1st, 2018. If you like what we're doing here with this podcast, please let us know by subscribing to it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever podcasting platform you enjoy using. Also, we would love to hear from you, whether you reach out with a message, email, podcast rating, or something else. Speaking with and learning about you makes all that we do feel worthwhile. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's get started. What's going on, everybody? You're here live with me, Lucas. Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Brad. And we are three of the four members of Nearly York. The date of this recording is March 4th, 2019. Hey. Brad's got the video up live right now so that he can talk to everyone that is currently tuning in. Uh, but he also has the volume up and there's an echo, which makes that super annoying. Thanks for turning that down, Brad. You're welcome, Lucas. Um, you guys, I mean, how's your day? You want to talk about anything before we get into this? Chris, this is your first time on the live stream. It was John last time, but yeah. John is now not here. We can't seem to get everybody in the same room. We don't like each other enough to all be in the same room <laughs> at the same time. No, but uh, yeah, no, my day was good. I got to go to work two hours late because it snowed last night, so that was fantastic. That is nice. And fun fact for all of you, Brad showed up 10 minutes before it was time to do this, uh, so he didn't help set up. And to make matters worse, he ate Chinese food today <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> That's all that needs it's to be coming out of his body. It's like, uh, <laughs> I, just, I don't know. It's rough. <laughs> Is it? If you, you're probably gonna be able to smell it through, Maybe it's through like, Facebook. It's pretty bad. I'm just sweating it out, I guess. Though. I don't know. I don't, wouldn't call it sweating. Anyway, uh, today's song is Water's Edge. So, Water's Edge. It's actually the first song, Brad, that you and I ever wrote together. Yep. Back in the day. I know every song that we talk about on this podcast, we tend to start with, well, back when we were in college, but really this was probably the first song that Brad and I ever sat down in a room and worked on uh, back after we started playing together um, at school. And Brad, I don't think we've ever talked on this show about how you and I even met and started playing together. No, I don't think so. Um, do you want to elaborate or shall I? I get tired of listening to my voice. <laughs> sure. I'll give it an abbreviated story or something, and you can fill in where I, I miss out on. Um, but yeah, so it was my first, I guess it was the first weekend I went to, I went to LVC. It was the orientation weekend. And uh, Lucas and another guy was in our group of taking us around campus and whatnot, um, showing us everything and where everything's at. Um, and he had, at the end of it, he had given everybody um, their number, his number, um, and said, if you have any questions or anything, just 
just hit me up and I'll, I'll help you out or whatever. Um, and just kind of by random, I, he said just kind of randomly, he just hit, hit me up or something and asked if I played any instruments and i wanted to be like obviously i'm a music major so well, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't say that i was like um i told him i played guitar and sax and he said that we should jam sometime and then i didn't hear much from him for a while and then i saw him like around campus somewhere i was like hey when are we gonna jam and then i think it was like that day or the next day we got in a practice room and jammed out and he's like oh this is good and he's like oh we're gonna be playing a gig in a month do you want to play with us and then that's essentially how it all kind of started our first gig was at MJ's Coffee House in Anvil, right by Lebanon Valley College. And I will say that when I saw Brad, um, he was with all the other freshmen, and he had a, a typical Brad face on, just like not oh, too yeah. comfortable, but looking around, feeling everybody out. And something about him, I know this sounds weird, something about him, I was just like, that seems like a guy that I would enjoy playing music with. And like I, I was playing I was a cool. style of music. Yeah, he was cool. I'm That's a cool what guy. He's always dressed really well, and I think that's what did it for me. I was like, this guy dresses well. He pays attention to detail. I want to jam with him. Hey, I don't know. And I was, you in told, a, I you was told heavy. Me. I was heavy in the Dave Matthews band at that time, and Brad said he played saxophone. And I'll be honest, when I asked if you wanted to jam, all I knew was that he was a saxophone major. And then he's like, yeah, I play a little bit of guitar too. And to, like, I was just like, okay, cool. But I was picturing you coming in and just being this ridiculous like shredding on the saxophone and then i'd live my dream of being dave matthews close so you let, me, you let me down from the start <laughs> um but anyway let's get into the song water's edge today because i want to get to the spot where chris can actually talk about it too because i know you, you came in three years after the song was actually created so uh let's start with the creation of the song um the first version obviously that came out was with well, maybe not obviously if you don't know us, uh, but Brad and I were in um, a band in college called Sheridan Ave, and we put out a four-song EP with the school's uh, student-run record label, Vale Records, and Water's Edge was the second song on that EP. And uh, just so you have an idea of what the song started out like, here's a short clip of the Sheridan Ave version, which we will be playing in its entirety um, at the very end of this uh, live stream, but here you go. All the sand from this beach in an hourglass still wouldn't do. All the time in the world, every grain of it is wasted on you. That's plenty enough. You get the idea. But so as you can tell, there are a lot of things that are similar to the version that's currently on the record. A lot of things that are not. And I thought we could start by talking about um, how Brad and I wrote it. We were we wrote it in the practice room. It was our favorite practice room, actually, is where it was like it was raining out. It was like a Friday night. Um, like, because I remember like there was like something going on at the field or something and like everyone else was doing something but we met up in the our favorite practice room and it was the first time we ever just sat down and like hey we're gonna write a song and then after we had written the idea um we we texted jackson and said hey we have this new idea we should come check it oh, out and then we went right. over to and the, then we met in the chapel. and then we met in the chapel and then with him then we kind of finished the whole form of the song but yeah it actually started and, and that was like why that 
we have a practice room at LVC that's like it was like our practice. Room. I still remember how to get there. If any of you ever wind up at LVC, if you go in the to the Blair Music Building on the door on the Sheridan Avenue side, um, and you walk down the steps, um, and then you walk, there's three hallways on the right that all lead to practice rooms. It's the second hallway, and it's the first door on the right. There's two. It's a longer practice room than the others, and there's two upright pianos in there. And we spent like probably half of our college career in that practice room oh, yeah. um but yeah thank you for reminding me uh, <laughs> I, I completely forgot about that um but i think a lot of things have changed from that first version that we came up with um to the version that we put out and i know some people have said they prefer the shared and av version but i'm really happy with the version we we came with yeah I've, i feel like record. i've heard it I've heard it all in that song. I mean, I've heard people say they like it. They like the new one. They don't like the old one. They like the old one. They don't like it at all. They love it. I don't know. It's yeah. Pretty, it's it's all over the place. Yeah, the intro is obviously different. The one on the record now has that whoa chant thing and, and the pads leading into the beginning. Um, we changed the, you know, the, the snare roll isn't there right away anymore. Um, um, the bridge... It was probably the biggest thing that changed was we did that uh, in the Sheridan Ave version. We did this like really weird halftime thing uh, that Chris actually is like, why didn't we have that on our it's, version? Yeah, that's actually my favorite part of the song. And yeah, we, I didn't even know it existed until a couple months ago. Yeah, I feel like I've heard that from a couple of people that they actually liked that part. How, how could we know? We just tried to, we tried to shorten it up and it like, to me, I, I guess I was listening to it as a vocalist. It's this rant, like 45 second long you know bridge where i'm going ooh, yeah yeah like i'm not singing anything i'm just kind of randomly humming and it, it's was uncomfortable so i wanted to shorten it up um i think i was the one that probably pushed for that the most so i'll take responsibility um but other than that i mean there were a lot of differences that we wound up cutting from the song later on which we'll get into when we get into the recording process but yeah brad and i wrote it it was the first song and I think that's why we wanted to do it again uh, for this record is because we, we felt like we could do a better job of it than we did on that first record now that we knew a little more about recording. And so that's why. But uh, yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess we can move into the lyrics because I, I have always really liked the lyrics to this song and uh, they related a lot to me. But uh, I'm putting Chris on the spot here, but I'm curious. Was there anything about this song that stuck out to you lyrically or, you know, like, do you have any thoughts about that before I get into where I was coming from? Yeah, I mean, lyrically, this one, I mean, the, you know, you get there in all of the songs that you guys have had written for this album. But um, I don't know, it just paints like this picture of a story to me. I can see the maybe maybe the wave sound effects helped but like see the the setting of the song and all that kind of stuff where i can like picture what's going on and um i don't know i just like songs where lyrically they tell a story as well as the music behind the lyrics being exciting rather than just like going for straight like relatable pop or weird experimental jam music like this is a good song not that it's a jam song but like Musically, it's exciting, and lyrically, it's like there's a message coming across, and it's telling a story as you go through it. Right on, man. Yeah, so this song, um, when a relationship has ended, and you have all these weird things that complicate it, but you wish just for one night you could go back and, you know, uncomplicate it, and then wake up in the morning and move on with your life, but you just want to have one more night where things aren't complicated. That's that's the point of the song, and I was really happy with the way, with the way that came out. Um, but yeah, I think that's why this song's always 
I think that's why people have liked it. I hope that's why people have liked it. This one had a better story than most, I think, from the start. But we can talk about recording a little bit. Brad. I guess this was, was this the second one we started working on? Yeah, this one oh, after yeah. Stormy Afternoon. This was the next I one. Say, I guess it was Water's Edge and Take You There, I think, were the next two along. Because those yeah. are both college, really fresh college ideas that we thought we had an idea like what we wanted to do. But so Water's Edge anyway, um, we did record a lot of it before the other guys were here. Um, we knew that, at least I knew I wanted the, the guitar part to stay in there because that was, I feel like, a distinct quality of the song. The guitar uh, part from the original. Right, yeah. from the Sheridan Ave, which is still there. Um, we wanted to, I actually wanted to get it as close as we could to the old one, but we actually struggled pretty good to figure out. Like, all we did for the original one was just have a mic out in the room outside the the tracking room at LVC but we it's tried a similar shaped technique. corridor yeah. in that in that recording room and we had thrown a mic it was an earthworks uh omnidirectional pencil mic yeah that we had thrown around the corner and then you were playing through your vox amp to right, get that bum, right. bum, 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 and then just that like really heavy room sound of that room like we couldn't replicate it again here right yeah it was just wasn't the same so i don't i don't remember what exactly we did but we just got it to a similar sound, I guess. And then that was what I remember from that. Well, so uh, like I said before, I had originally recorded the drums. I did the drums for Stormy Afternoon and for Water's Edge because uh, it was just me and Brad when we were recording these. And then it was just a really terrible performance at best. Did I come to you and say, will you please just do the drums on this? So <laughs> I, I'm actually going to disagree with that because I don't, it wasn't the performance. It, it sounded fine performance wise. What happened, this was one of the last songs that we ended up doing drums on. Because as we went through, we got better and better at tracking drums and getting good drum sounds out. So that when we went back and listened to this song, we were like, oh, wow, that oh. sounds like trash. And we went That's back right. in just to redo the sounds. So honestly, for me, it was one of the more nerve wracking tracks on the album because I wasn't going in to change the part at all. I was just going in to play and have there be better sounds. So it was me um, coming in and duplicating the part that you had already laid down yeah um, and for right. those of you who don't know lucas plays drums um open-handed left-handed so for me as a right-hander um duplicating some of his parts is not the most fun or easiest thing to do um so yeah it was a little i remember being like oh gosh it, I, no it's i think it's done i think we're done and you're like no they sound bad i'm like no nah, i think we're done well and once but, chris started filling it in i still had that that old snare thing that's in the uh in the sheridan ab version of water's edge and once chris started playing we were just like it just doesn't sound like it wasn't chris's fault it was the part that just wasn't fitting it you know it worked in that original version but it just wasn't fitting it wasn't sounding right no matter what we did um and we sent everything to Dustin and he actually chopped up all the drums in the beginning and, and most of the, before the first chorus, Dustin took a lot out and added a shaker and um, just changed it up from what we originally had there, which I'm really glad that he did because I think that the way the beginning of this song sounds now on our version, on the Nearly York version, I like it way better. Um, and it's just something we hadn't thought of. But another thing, and I have some uh, clips, which is my favorite thing to do on this podcast. Um, the song was like five and a half minutes long when we originally did our our version here, and that's because we tried to Brad when we when Brad and I play the acoustic version live, we started adding this little like I don't know this ending with a chant, just like an outro. Yeah, like an outro to the song, and we 
we wanted to put that into the song and make it more of a like an artistic thing we wanted but, it to be like a folky kind of chant like i don't know like you'd think sit around a fire or something like stop your foot too yeah I'll yeah chant along too i don't know <laughs> something like that but at the end of the day it just made so much more sense to just like cut just all that out beginning. and just make it a song but so you guys know uh i'm gonna play for you this is a uh, a little piece of that alternate ending that we had originally tried to put into the song um so here you go This just there goes were supposed on to be drums in there. There weren't any drums. Yeah, no, originally there just, were drums. It was like built in with that too, like built in. I there were a lot of instruments that were in. just adding to it. But yeah, we can talk. Maybe let's talk about playing it live, Brad, because we talk or uh, we play it a lot acoustically when we have acoustic gigs. But uh, we don't play it as a band. Yeah, we definitely we play it a good bit. Like you were saying, when we play acoustic, it's uh, it's my parents' favorite song that we play. Most of the time, I think. I, yeah. I, it, might, it might have changed now. But Mike always tosses us some cash after, yeah, we, uh, it was, it's after always, we play this Maybe song. that's the reason why we play it <laughs> live. That's why I play it live. <laughs> because my parents tip us when we play it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, but just about, I mean, the song again. I mean, it's probably the most folky, like, acoustic, country-ish, maybe, like, song that we play. So, I mean, it's really the only one on the album that's like that. Um so that being said, with playing it live, obviously it might, when we play acoustic, we play a lot of covers and we play a bit of everything. Um, so we can kind of throw it in there and it, it all makes sense and people get a kick out of it. I mean, cause that's what it is. I mean, it's an acoustic song essentially. So it makes sense yeah. to play it acoustically. Um, so we're going to go to the last section of the podcast that we've added as of last week with our nearly York bucket, oh, yeah. which is <laughs> <laughs> I printed out a ton of icebreaker questions and we're going to play get to know the band better so i'm going to pass the bucket to chris since it's his first time playing this game this question what part of elementary school do you wish you could incorporate into your adult life okay well it gives the example of nap time on here that would be my go-to answer but i'm not going to do that um let's go with recess if i Obvious. ever had just a half an hour of time during the day to just do whatever I wanted with no reasoning behind it every day. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, he took the easy one, Brad, so what's yours? <laughs> uh, our class. Our class was solid. We'd just go in and you just... At least, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. It's a long time ago now, but our class was definitely probably one of Our one class of was a blast. Just because you could go in and kind of... Well, you start, sometimes you had a project, but then there were some days where you literally could just like go dig into anything and just make stuff. And it was fun to just mess around and be creative for a little bit rather than being told what to do all day. Let's see. My favorite part of elementary school 
or not favorite, if I had to incorporate a part of elementary school into adult life, the only thing that's coming to mind, and this isn't a part that I think I would want to incorporate into adult life, but when I was in elementary school, this this image keeps coming into my head, so I'll just talk about it. I don't think this is an answer to the question. Um, when I was in kindergarten, we had this board that everybody had and their name on an apple. And if you were doing good, you were a green apple. And if there was a warning, like if you did something wrong and the teacher had to give you a warning, you got a yellow apple. And then if you if you got in trouble, like you didn't stop doing whatever it was you're doing, you got a red apple. And I believe a red apple meant that your parents got a note that you got to a red apple. And I was a kiss ass in school. Um, and I always was like A's and green apples was my thing. And I remember we had a substitute teacher, Miss Raba, and she gave me my first ever yellow apple because I now know that I have ADHD and I talked way too much. And my regular Mrs. Walker knew that Miss Raba was not as forgiving. And I got a yellow apple for talking and it scarred me. So I think we can wrap things up. Thank you guys, uh, everybody that's still watching, everybody that tuned in. A couple of quick things before we go. If you'd like to watch our next live stream, we send out email alerts. Um, you can sign up for that by going to www.nearlyyork.com backslash podcast and filling out the email form. It takes like two seconds and you're immediately on. Everybody that did uh, tune in and comment and say hello, uh, when we post this video to YouTube next week in the beginning opening credits, uh, we put a thank you to all of you. Um, so look out for that. And if you want to be on that next week, tune in for like five minutes and say hi. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash nearly York music. Uh, if you want to listen to this episode and other episodes of the podcast, that is www.nearlyyork.com slash podcast. Our Instagram at nearly York. YouTube is just search nearly York. Um, if you'd like to come to one of our shows, you can look at our um, ever-growing schedule of shows at nearlyyork.com backslash shows. We will see you in two weeks for Backstage with Nearly York, episode five, which is going to be Take You There. Here is uh, the Sheridan Ave version of Water's Edge. Have a good night, everybody. Now I sit here alone, skipping rocks. You're all the ripples that I see.